Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Rob Port here on WDAY, 701-293-9000. Your local number, 888-970-9329. It's a toll-free number. Uh, we got a lot to get to today. I want to talk about this letter North Dakota law enforcement sent to President Barack Obama. Really just, just dripping him. Uh, I'm going to get into that in a moment. Also, uh, uh, Governor-elect Doug Burgum, who will be governor, in fact, here later this week, uh, announcing his uh, his cabinet. Not a whole lot to get excited here, except it's it's interesting to me that he's keeping most of current Governor Jack Dalrymple's cabinet. I mean, th- this was the guy who campaigned, you know, sort of railing against uh, the good old boys club, railing against the status quo in Bismarck, and here he's coming into office and... Uh, most of the people are going to keep their jobs. So we'll talk about that in a moment. Good afternoon, Natil. Good afternoon. It's good to be back. It is good uh, to have you back. Uh, you you tried to take a vacation. I understand I, I it, didn't go, it didn't go as well as you might have expected. No, no. I ended up uh, catching some good old influenza that'll teach me for not getting my flu shot this year. Yeah. Well, that's gross. It makes me glad I'm work from home too, so I don't get I don't get sick like that. Well, and it, it wasn't it was it had nothing to do with work and everything to do with the convention that I went to. I'm sure because when you oh, stuff yeah. seven thousand seventy five hundred people in a tightly enclosed area, people are going to get sick, and I tend to get sick faster and harder than other people that I know. So I I should have known better. I should have gotten a flu shot, and I didn't. Thankfully, I'm not contagious now. I got sick at the start of my vacation, and so I had a whole week to be sick and <laughs> now I'm back to work. Well, I I'm glad you were able to take all your vacation days and and uh and use them on being sick. Isn't that wonderful how that works out? Yeah, we, it could have been worse, but it was a pretty epic fail as far as vacation is concerned. Oh well. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329 email talk at wday.com. Let's get started. Governor uh governor elect Doug Burgum, he's not governor yet, uh, announcing that he is going to be keeping most of, of Governor Jack Dalrymple's cabinet. Now, he's making some changes. The cabinet in North Dakota is 17 people. Uh, it's people like the head of the, the Highway Patrol, uh, the head of the Department of Health, the head of the Department of Human Services, the head of the DOT, stuff like that. Uh, there's 17 people. Um, Burgum's going to be keeping 11 of them. Uh, which I, I thought was a little interesting. And, and I, I, I want to be clear here. I'm, I'm not necessarily being critical of the people he's keeping. I don't really have a problem with it. I don't see too much. Cri- I thought it was a little odd. Um, the head of the Department of Human Services, Maggie Anderson, uh, she faced criminal charges earlier this year that were ultimately dropped um, over the drowning death of a little girl in Velva who was at a daycare where there were some irregularities with their licensing and, there was some feeling that, you know, that people up the chain of command in the Department of Human Services up to the person at the top, Anderson, had maybe had a role in, in that. Those charges ultimately dropped, uh, but shortly after they were dropped, an audit from the state auditor's office uh, came out and just blasted the um, the Department of Human Services. Uh, the one quote, I'll read one line from the audit. I quote, the Department of Human Services is not properly monitoring or suspending providers and notifying parents after confirmed knowledge of activities that jeopardize the health and safety of children. 
That was from the audit. Uh, Maggie Anderson not keeping her job at the head of the, of the Department of Human Services, but according to a press release from Bergham's office, uh, will keep a job at DHS uh, as the medical services director overseeing um, the Medicaid and Medicare uh, Medicaid and the, and, and the Medicaid expansion under Obamacare. So she's staying in place. Otherwise, I, I don't see too much. I, I, I question that one a little bit. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure anyone could argue that Anderson's done a very good job at the Department of Human Services. But even setting that aside, I, I don't want to make it sound like I think it's a bad idea that Bergham kept these people. I just I, I think it's odd because I think back to that primary campaign and how heated it was with with Burgum campaigning against um, Attorney General Wayne Stenjum, and it was it was all about the good old boys club and the status quo in Bismarck and how we got to change things. You know, we're going to shake things up. We're going to bring in a new whatever, and you know, you, you start off your administration and you're going to keep two thirds of the cabinet. Um, you know, I, I guess. I, I, I guess that's I guess that's what we're doing. It, it might it might give somebody the idea that maybe some of his some of Burgum's campaign rhetoric was just that, just sort of window dressing for his campaign and, and just kind of telling voters in an election cycle where there was very much an apt appetite in the electorate for outsiders very much an appetite for people who are sort of anti-establishment or or against the status quo um you know he tapped into that and now that he's in office you know that's not such a pressing concern anymore that's that's kind of how i view this um and i say that as somebody who was very critical of, of Bergham's campaign um i didn't like it i i thought it was kind of unfair to the people who were in office i think a lot of the stuff he was saying was was a little bit overwrought a little bit overblown and I, I think this might be the proof that I was right all along. 701-293-9000, is a toll-free number. Email talk at WDAY.com. Am I right or wrong? I, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, what do you think, Nateel? Am I, am I making too much out of this? Is this too down in the weeds? No, um, I don't think so. I, I, I mean, how many people in North Dakota care who, who's in the cabinet, I guess? I don't know. <laughs> I do. I follow it. But sometimes, you know, I follow this stuff every day. So sometimes my perception of it is not maybe the average North Dakotan's perception of it. I don't know. Um, you know, it's 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 an interesting thing, the cabinet. It's It's an interesting thing that... I, I think perception is reality in politics, right? And Bergam wanted to be perceived... As an outsider, and and I think that was one of my problems with his campaign all along, was that I don't really perceive him as an outsider. I think Perkham was very much an insider. Now I say that it doesn't mean he could, he'll be a bad governor, right? I I think Perkham has the potential to be a very very good governor. I I look forward to seeing a lot of his ideas, and I I think he is genuinely going to bring some some fresh perspective, and, may, and maybe from from that. Maybe from that perspective, it doesn't really matter who his cabinet is going to be because he's the boss, right? He's the guy who's who's at the top. He's the one who's calling the shot. The rest of them, their job is is to implement his policy, right? I mean, we're talking about state government. This isn't quite as 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 this isn't quite the same process that's unfolding at the national level with with Donald Trump where you're appointing people whose philosophy may may have, you know, a great deal to do with 
with how policy unfolds. You know, we're talking about still does affect, you know, the state government level. The people that Doug Burgum surrounds himself with their opinions, their policies, their, you know, beliefs and and such are going to impact. Yeah. The things that he does policy wise. Right. That's going to be the sounding board that he has. Even even in government as relatively small as the state of North Dakota is, the the governor is not involved in every day to day decision. I mean, you just it's humanly impossible, right? The the governor, the governor's job is to be a man is to manage the executive branch, right? So he's going to appoint people who are going to manage all these large departments, and those departments, um, you know, he's going to appoint people who are going to make the day to day decisions. So, you know, he's keeping most of the same people and. You know, again, I, I don't know. I mean, it, to me, it just it doesn't jibe with the good old boys thing that was so central to his campaign. And it's it's probably I mean, there's a lot of other ways he could shake things up at Bismarck than than changing everybody in the cabinet. It's just it's it's an incongruous way to start out your administration when you're the guy who campaigned against the good old boys club in Bismarck. That's my two cents. Love to hear yours. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. We'll be back right after this. So go away. Port here on WDAY 701-293-9000, your local number, 888-970-9329, email talk at WDAY.com. You know, we had, uh, with the Dakota Access protests, one of the consistent complaints is the lack of, of assistance from the federal government in dealing with, with what was really a, a kind of an ugly situation where you had whatever side of the the pipeline you're on, you had on one side a, a pipeline company that is you know trying to to do construction at one point, trying to protect their equipment. They had hired private security guards, and when the protesters mixed with the security guards, we got some results that nobody wanted to see. You know, the the security guards used dogs to hold the protesters back. Agree or disagree with it? That's not a good situation. So now the cops have been down there. The cops have been between, you know, the pipeline construction sites and this these protesters who have shown a willingness to, you know, light construction equipment on fire, to trespass a private property, to block public highways, uh, they get up to all sorts of, of stuff. In addition to what is their First Amendment right to advocate against, advocate against the pipeline. So. You know, state law enforcement's down there. They're doing their best, but they're outnumbered. There's, I mean, it's sometimes there was as many as 6,000 protesters down there and maybe a couple of hundred North Dakota law enforcement officials, officers drawn from all over the state. Uh, so the state of North Dakota was trying to draw people in from other states uh, through what is called the Emergency Management Assistance Compact. It's where one state can send out a request uh, for law enforcement assistance to be answered by other states. And other states were answering those until protesters started targeting them in their states. And, you know, they, you know, political pressure was brought to bear and they stopped sending them. Uh, and all the me, all the while, the federal government did almost nothing. 
to assess to assist North Dakota law enforcement. And so on Friday, the Morton County Sheriff's Department, Kyle Kirkmeyer, sent a letter signed by 11 other uh, members of North Dakota law enforcement, Cass County Sheriff Paul Laney, Burley County Sheriff Pat Heinert, uh, Stutzman County Sheriff Chad Kaiser, um, you know, Mandan Police Officer Jason Ziegler, Minot Police Officer Jason Olson, Bismarck Police, Jamestown Police, Wapiton Police, North Dakota Highway Patrol, um, on down the list. They sent this letter to, letter to President Barack Obama and, and ripped him. And rightfully so. I'm going to read a portion of the letter. I quote, by the way, the full thing is up at sayanythingblog.com if you want to check that out. I quote, the federal government's response to the events in our community has been appalling. And it is abundantly clear they have no interest in helping the citizens of North Dakota. Frankly, our federal leaders should be ashamed of their lack of response to a dangerous crisis currently in progress on their own soil. Each day, this lack of response continues only to serve continues only serves to empower criminal protesters and support lawlessness in the name of radical political agendas. As our law enforcement officers are forced to spend countless days away from their families, missing holidays, birthdays, and anniversaries, the knowledge that the federal government could supply assistance but refuses to do so is unbelievably disheartening. Our officers are facing direct and overt threats, not just to themselves, but to their families, and the lack of intervention or sympathy from the federal government is truly staggering. Now, those are some tough words for the federal government. And frankly, I think the feds deserve every one of them. Now, there has been some sort of, you know, snide comments coming from left-wing commenters in the state, commentators, about, you know, oh, you know, states' rights, North Dakota doesn't like the federal government interfering, but wants the feds to come bail them out uh, in this situation. But here's here's reality. We're talking about the protest of the issuance of, of a federal easement. We're talking about protesters that have encamped on federal ground, federal property. We are talking about protesters that have been organized by a federally recognized Native American tribe. This is a fundamentally federal issue. And the request for federal assistance in dealing with that just based on, on the jurisdictional headaches alone, where you have state law enforcement who does not necessarily have permission to go onto federal property, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers property, where these protesters have been encamped in part, they don't necessarily have permission to just go on there and enforce the law. They don't necessarily have permission to go across the border onto the Standing Rock Sioux Reservation. State law enforcement can't just do that. There is a need at the center of this for federal involvement, federal law enforcement involvement, and it has been missing. And the only reason I could think of giving President Obama's willingness to stick the federal government's nose into anything else, the the only only reason that I can fathom for the Obama administration to be reticent to get involved in here is because chaos served their political agenda. Chaos between the protesters and law enforcement served the Obama administration and the activists' preferred political narrative, right? Because it it would have been a lot harder for the progressives and and the left-wing agitators and everybody else who was down there to perpetuate 
this idea of police brutality if all of a sudden you had federal law enforcement down there as well? I mean, it's, it's just disgusting. We, the Obama administration sacrificed law and order and peace on the altar of politics. That's what happened. And North Dakota's cops know it. That's why they sent this letter. Go to sayanythingblog.com. Read the whole thing. Uh, it's, it's enough to make your stomach turn, frankly. 701-293-9000, We'll be back right after this. Don't go away. Welcome back, WDAY, Rob Port, 701-293-9000, your local number, 888-970-9329, your toll-free number. You can email me, too, talk at WDAY.com. On the line with me now, I have uh, Bonnie Hoppa. Bonnie, am I pronouncing your name right? Is it Hoppa? Yes, it is. Hoppa. Okay, great. Uh, you were, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, you were one of the people, you didn't come to North Dakota, but you were one of the people involved in organizing the veterans who came to North Dakota to protest the Dakota Access Pipeline. Is that correct? Yes, I was. You, you and I have very different points of view on the pipeline, but we're not here to discuss the pipeline today. We're here instead to discuss that situation because after after it happened there's been all sorts of social media postings and and reports about veterans who weren't necessarily happy about how the whole thing went down and i've been following your facebook posts in particular uh, as an organizer so why don't you just give us an overview what what happened well okay i was a administrative support person for the Maryland, D.C., and Northern Virginia crew that drove out to join the camp. And my responsibility was I was taking directions from the regional tribal leader and the platoon leader, making sure the roster was good to go, we, that everybody had the gear they needed, that we had everybody's contact and safety information. And we were making repeatedly from the highest folks from Les Clark Jr., Michael Woods Jr., via their upward, via multiple Facebook and Twitter posts, that any veterans who came out and were part of the rostered crews that went out were going to be reimbursed. They were going to be fed while they were there, they were going to housing while they were there, and any travel costs they incurred were going to be reimbursed. And it became pretty obvious even as we were on the way out there, that things were not going to logistically work out the way that we had been told. Uh, we lost contact with a lot of the higher-up folks pretty early on. My crew stayed at Fort Yates most of the time, and they said they had pretty much no contact with anybody. They were not a part of the group that was at the casino. They were left by themselves to figure everything out. And then afterwards, they've repeatedly reached out about reimbursement, and we've repeatedly reached out for reimbursement. We've heard everything from mostly us talking on Twitter that there's not enough money, they had more rituals than they expected, and everyone's pretty understandably angry right now. They feel very misled, and they feel like they were taken for a ride, and now we're seeing posts 
went from Wes and Michael talking about how they're now looking to turn this into a charity that goes and does other events. And we're going, you haven't even wrapped this up and accounted for the money. And are you now trying to take this money and turn it into a self-sustaining enterprise for yourself? Like, where's yeah. the money, Wes, has kind of become the theme of the week. Yeah, Bonnie. If I could, maybe maybe get you to talk a little more directly into your phone. You're just you're breaking up just a little bit. Um, but yeah, no let me, problem. Let me let me ask you this because they they raised a not insignificant amount of money, well over a million dollars. The reports I've seen from all the different fundraising they used because they, it wasn't just the GoFundMe. Okay. Uh, the GoFundMe combined with the Square combined with a couple other things that they used. The number that I was given was approximately one point five million dollars. Yeah. So that's a lot of money. Um, has yes, there been? Has, has there? I mean, I mean, is there? Have you? Is there a process in place to account for how it's been spent, how it will be spent to make some of these? Some of these these people, these, these men and women who who came to to North Dakota uh, to answer, the, you know, the call from Wes Clark Jr. and Michael Woods, is is there an accounting or a plan in place for 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 getting that money to them? Well, that's part of where the issue is coming into play. Is those of us who were travel coordinators and were team leaders, we have the rosters of our folks, and those are the folks who the agreement was entered with and we have copies of the receipts and we're ready to turn stuff in some people generally those who were in the casino and were in the vicinity of west clark were apparently given paper reimbursement forms and we have been told that some of them are already being processed for reimbursement and it was passed very loosely down that they're working on an online form for everybody else but Frankly, we haven't seen it, and the process right now is everybody sitting and waiting and repeatedly asking, where do I turn my receipts into, and has not gotten a good answer. Just, we're tired, we're busy, we'll get to you. Do you know anybody who has been compensated or, or reimbursed at this point? Per- personally, no. Okay. Is, has anybody out there said? I mean, have you seen anybody even saying that they've been reimbursed? or? I have not seen anybody say that they're that they have been reimbursed not to say that somebody hasn't been but i have not seen anybody who was on the ground sure. and okay. i've been asking i haven't seen anybody come back saying that they were reimbursed yet do you one one of the things when i was watching some of mr clark's um facebook postings one of the things he claimed when he was staying at at the casino here in north dakota was that the logistical problems were caused because they were expecting 1500 people to show up and it was more like like 4000 and i when i heard that 4000 number i was a little bit suspicious because north dakota law enforcement agents that i've spoken to on the ground here they're 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 like top estimates and obviously it's a it's a difficult situation nobody's taking like a census but their top estimate for where that camp peaked at was like 6000 um and so if 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 mr clark is to be believed then like two-thirds of of the camp was veterans and that just doesn't pass the smell test given what we've seen for months and months at this camp do you know how many people actually responded i mean was it four thousand or what what was that number well so west clark has reported various different numbers as we've gone i've seen him report four thousand five thousand eleven thousand um, 11,000. <laughs> I see him. Yes, he's. I, I have 
I, I, I mean, I, I got to give you some context. 11,000 people, and that would be like North Dakota's like seventh largest city, just to give you some context of what right. that would look like out in the middle of the prairie. ridiculous and all over the place. Yeah. Um, to be entirely honest, one, from what I've heard from folks, 4,000 is an extremely generous estimate. Two, to be entirely honest, I don't really care how many people showed up. He entered into an agreement sure. with under 2,000 veterans. We have the rosters to prove it. They did not check it. people in. They did not check the rosters. They did not say, yes, you are being reimbursed because you're on the roster, or no, sorry, you came out here on your own. You're, you weren't a part of the people we vetted. So if he's now trying to compensate more people than he agreed with or is using that as an excuse, it's just sort of continued demonstration that he should not have been doing this to begin with. And really, it's just more sloppy irresponsibility. What I mean, what's what's the process looking? Because I, I know you've been involved in in trying to to get what I think would fairly be described as some justice for for people agree with their cause or not. You come out and you said, "Hey, we'll pay for your plane ticket, or we'll pay for your food, or whatever." You should make good on that. That's just being a good human being. Uh, but when when I when you hear, I mean, what, what's the process? like going forward i mean is there clarity there particularly where you know mr clark is talking about they're going to take this to michigan next with the situation with the the water in flint very much sounding like this is going to be uh like an ongoing cause i mean do you have clarity on on what's coming down or what's next or some sort of a process to to make sure this is all settled appropriately Uh, frankly the next step in the process is we are Observing what Mr. Clark is passing on social media and what has trickled down from the few remaining higher-up leadership folks, um, where I sit with the process is we have copies of all of our receipts. We plan on giving at this point until Christmas, which is a public statement that many of us make that this needs to be handled by Christmas. They've been fundraising since 11 November. There's no reason that people can't be reasonably recompensated by that time. And after that point, there has already been multiple conversations had with attorneys and organizations who are interested in pursuing Mr. Clark for fraud and for the misleading of his folks. And hopefully we don't have to go that route. But frankly, if we do, we will. He should not be turning this into an ongoing adding additional operations to the mess he created. Until he gets it squared away, right? Uh, what at one point there was some issues accessing the bank. Do you know? I mean, has that been cleared up? As far as I understand, that was cleared up, but the communication uh, via Mr. Woods, who was the one who held the bank account, has been spotty at best since this all blew up on social media. Yeah. Well, that's that's really unfortunate. If if you could say something to to Mr. Clark and Mr. Woods right now, we had them on the line. What would you say? Um, they need to come forward and be accountable for this. They made promises to folks, and good leadership means not just saying, "I know I screwed up and we're working on it," but it means coming to those of us who participated in this process and saying, help us get this done, instead of just trying to handle it with the onesie, twosie people who were handling the money, it's bring in the folks who were working the process, bring in somebody independent, and be accountable for it. Otherwise, we're never going to trust you again, because right now it looks like the Weston Mike show. 
Do you feel like this was uh, a success? Because I, I got to tell you, somebody who's followed this closely from the beginning, it, it kind of looks like it was a big flop. Like a bunch of people came. They tried to camp out in the middle of a North Dakota blizzard, which everybody told them that it was coming, and they didn't listen, and they were insisted they were going to do this anyway. And it almost seems like they became more of a burden in a situation where a lot of people from the camp were scrambling to find cover, and now all of a sudden you've got this influx of veterans who are taking up resources and space and they're not organized and not, not i'm not blaming the veterans who showed up they thought that they were going to be taken care of and they weren't and it's like it, it added to what could have been uh an ugly situation in in south central north dakota i mean do you feel like this was successful overall so the honest answer to that is a little bit complicated and it comes my position on it comes both from feedback from Native folks that I have talked to who are or were in the camp, and for my veterans, that many feel that certain aspects were extremely successful and that certain aspects were not, and we're kind of in a good moments between the veterans and between the indigenous peoples, but the logistics of VSSR was a mess, and everybody kind of very strongly agrees on that, and that that was done poorly and to the detriment of most of the folks involved so it's a mixed bag and it's pretty unfortunate because it wasn't supposed yeah. to be like that well bonnie i thank you for your time i appreciate it and uh good luck thank you thank you for reaching out yeah that's bonnie hoppa she was one of the organizers of the veterans standing with standing rock uh which didn't go well i mean i understand they were i don't agree with their their motives or their cause but they were trying to do the right thing and Kind of looks like they got taken for a ride. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Dee Dee, hold on the line. We'll get to you right after the break. Don't go away. I'm going down, 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 down. Welcome back. Rob Report, 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Just a couple minutes left. Want to get to uh, Dee Dee, who's been waiting patiently. Dee Dee, what's up? Hey, I just kind of wanted to uh, give some support over to Bonnie, who's been instrumental in making sure that none of the vets were left stranded at uh, Standing Rock. Yeah. And um, basically, the message that I'm a veteran as well, the message that we want to give to Wes Clark is to uh, reimburse the vets that he promised to reimburse. And uh, the $1.5 million that he did get, um, before he spends any of that in Michigan, he needs to right the wrong and give a chunk of that to the Native Americans there uh, since they've been there the the entire month. Um, yeah. And that's what people gave to him for, is to well, help the Natives as well as the vets. Yeah, well, they, I mean, the Native Americans have been there for longer than that, too. And I, I you know, listen, I don't, I don't agree with your outlook on the pipeline, and I don't agree with, with the protest, but I, I, I think what Wes Clark Jr. did was, and, and Michael Woods, what they did is, is irresponsible, frankly. The North Dakota winner is is no joke. It is a big, big, it, 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 is, it is a big deal. If, if you get stuck out in this sort of weather that we've been having, uh, the snow and the, the bitter sub-zero temperatures, you could get in a lot of trouble very quickly if you're not prepared for it. Even if you have shelter, you know, heaters could fail. Uh, there's you know carbon monoxide there, there's a lot of things that can go wrong uh, so when you invite 
a lot of people to come camp out in this kind of weather, you had better be prepared for it, particularly when you have $1.5 million in the bank. I don't think Clark or Woods or any of the other organizers did a very good job bringing these veterans here. Um, That was really unfortunate. I think they put a lot of people in danger. Thankfully, it doesn't appear as though anybody got hurt. Hey, Jay Thomas show coming up straight ahead. Remember, you can catch me here 1 to 2 p.m. Monday through Friday right on here on WDAY. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at sayanythingblog.com. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again.